Hi, my name is Morris Scott, and welcome to another episode of A Father's Devotion. Today, we'll be exploring highlights from the book of Habakkuk. Uh, But first, let's commit our time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to open up your word. Your word brings life to dead situations and gives direction to the wandering soul. Feed us by your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Habakkuk uh, means the embracer, as in embracing the Lord or loving the Lord, loving God. Uh, The book is dated about 606 to 604 BC. Uh, The time of uh, the prophecy of Habakkuk is just before Nebuchadnezzar invaded Judah. Habakkuk would prophesy about God's judgment upon Judah in allowing them to be taken into the Babylonian captivity. It was difficult to announce punishment upon God's people. Listen, the prophetic ministry as set forth in the Bible was not an easy, comfortable position position of glory and of being served and thronged with praise or wearing flashy clothes or getting money or great possessions, it could land you in a smelly dungeon. It could cause you to lose your life. Uh, It could cause you to lose all of your possessions. But the prophet knows that obedience to God always results in gain of more important things. This is the commitment to truth that we rarely see today, that it pierces and saturates the heart to such an extent that a man is willing to die for it. Uh, The world is waiting for this type of ethos and commitment to truth. Uh, So Habakkuk concerns what many call the problem of evil or uh, what many might call a theodicy, which is how we understand God's goodness, even in light of evil things that happen. Uh, Habakkuk is asking not only why evil is occurring, but also why the heathen, uh, people more wicked than God's people, can be used as an instrument of judgment. Ultimately, we will find that faith is the answer to theodicy simply because limited and finite man will not understand the providence of an unlimited sovereign God. We must also understand that in no reality does the creation understand everything its creator knows. Uh, And so Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to God, but what he has revealed to us belong to us and our children that we may do according to God's law. Uh, We must also understand... Uh, that everything starts with the knowledge of the sovereignty of God and what that means. Uh, With that, let's move right into our highlights. Uh, The first will be the first chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 and 12 through 13. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry? And you will not hear. Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded, for I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told you. For indeed, I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation, which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Verse 12. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have appointed them for judgment. O rock, you have marked them for correction. You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? So we see that the first verse identifies Habakkuk as the prophet uh, and human author of this book, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, In this chapter, Habakkuk is asking God questions about evil in this world, why he is seeing it, and where is the hand of God in the midst 
midst of it. Notice him saying, how long shall I cry and you not hear? Uh, this does not mean that God does not hear. For Psalm 94 verse 9 says, he who will fix the ear, shall he not hear? Uh, this text in Habakkuk is a descriptive statement of human venting, complaining to God about violence, strife, and contention. Uh, we see a response in verse 5 that says, look, the King James Version says, behold, uh, let's stop here. It's one thing to complain about evil. It is another thing to have eyes to see and to perceive the hand of God, to understand the providential work of God through and in spite of evil. After the command to look, God directs Habakkuk to be astounded. The King James Version says, wonder marvelously. Listen, when God opens our eyes to perceive what he is doing, even in the most difficult trying situations, it will astound us. So what is happening in your life? Is it difficult? Is it hard? Is it trying? Well, ask God to open your eyes to see his hand in the midst of your circumstance. Uh, in the end of verse five, uh, it says that God will work a work. Uh, the word work implies a process. Now, during the process, the end is not apparent, but you must wait on the Lord to complete his work in your life. Uh, God says people will not believe what God is doing, even though God is gracious enough to reveal his work to his creatures. Listen, God is at work, regardless of what people believe, regardless of what you believe. Never let doubt your doubt or anyone else's doubt prevent you from reaching your potential in God. Verse 12 speaks of the glory of God. Listen, our fallenness hinders us from understanding the true nature of the holiness of God, but we must first understand the holiness of God in order for us to understand even the judgment and the punishment of God. Verse 13 speaks of the purity of God. Uh, he does not look on evil or wickedness. Uh, this is why we as sinful people cannot just have fellowship with God who is holy. We cannot just appear before God who is holy. Uh, there must first be a mediator, a cleansing agent to first clean us so that we may be able to speak to and commune with God who is holy. This cleansing agent is no other than Jesus Christ. And if you've never asked him to be your Lord and Savior and to cleanse you and to come into your life, uh, now is the acceptable time to pray that prayer. All you have to do is just, just be truthful with God and say, Lord, I confess myself as a sinner. Uh, please just come into my heart and save me. Help me to live for you. Uh, wash me of my sins. I confess uh, that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you pray that prayer, God indwells you. You are a child of God, and you need to make sure that you just read God's word every day, pray every day, and find a Bible-believing church. Uh, so let's get back to verse 13 now. Verse 13 also complains about the less righteous people, uh, Babylon, being used to punish those more righteous, Judah, and God's silence about it. Listen, we must understand that just because we do not see God acting doesn't mean that God is not acting. God is not like a clockmaker to create this world and to leave it to tick away like the deists think. God is involved in the affairs of men and nations, Daniel chapter 4, verse 17. Sometimes we are complaining about why God will not do something about the storm when sometimes 
God is the one who sent the storm in order to work a greater work in our lives. Sometimes the storm is necessary to get our attention, to cause us to think in a more sober way uh, rather than in a drunken state of complacency or riotous living. Uh, let's move to our next highlight, the second chapter. Uh, we're going to read verses 2 through 4, 14 through 16 and 20. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Verse 14, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woe to him who gives drink to his neighbor, pressing him to your bottle, even to make him drunk, that you may look on his nakedness. You are filled with shame instead of glory. You also drink uh, and be exposed as uncircumcised. The cup of the Lord's right hand will be turned against you and utter shame will be on your glory. Verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So we see here God answering the prophet and telling him to write. Let's stop here. Listen, when God's Holy Spirit ministers to you and leads you and speaks to you, it's important to pause. It's important to see it as so important that you stop what you're doing and write it down, act upon it, make it known to the world or plant it like a seed, water it and let it grow. Let it come to birth. Let it be born. Let it come alive. Be patient with it. Don't expect it to germinate and to bring forth fruit overnight. Listen, our words are not infallible sacred scripture, uh, but as they are based on God's word and inspired by the Holy Spirit, they will not be idle words, uh, but they'll fulfill and bless the world to God's glory. Uh, what has God spoken to you about? What are you doing with God's word to you? Make sure you move forward in God's direction in your life. Verse three explains the vision as being for an appointed time. So we must understand that everything happens in the fullness of time. Wait upon the Lord not upon man, but upon the Lord. For God's will is certain to come and his purpose to be done. One of the truths of this chapter uh, and this book in general is that God in his sovereignty reserves the right to judge his people by the hand of the heathen. Again, every analysis must begin. Uh, every understanding must begin with the fact that God is sovereign and he who creates is sovereign over that which is created. Verse four ends with that great phrase that echoes through the generations uh, and even in the New Testament, uh, the just shall live by his faith. See also Romans chapter one, verse 17. Listen, the only way that finite man bound by time, bound by space can connect with the infinite God who transcends both time and space is for man to step outside the limits of his understanding and exercise faith in the infinite God. Uh, this faith comes only from God. Uh, thus, we pray and read the word of God that it may generate faith in our lives and that we may be saturated by this faith of God. Verse 14 speaks of the earth being filled with the glory of the Lord, which will ultimately be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom. Uh, but the application that we uh, yet gather from this verse for our lives today is that notwithstanding the evil in the land, 
Our focus must be on the glory of God and not on our comfort, our understanding, our frustrations, our reasonings, uh, or uh, our notion of fairness. God is sovereign and every calamity and evil work will end up feeding into the glory of God and the plan of God. Yes, there are evil people that appear to prosper. Uh, However, Psalm 73 says that although they appear to prosper, as we find ourselves in the sanctuary or in the presence of the Lord in prayer and in his word, we will come to understand their end, that God has set them in slippery places and that one day the wicked will cease. See also Psalm 37. Uh, Verses 15 and 16 now uh, show us that those that are being used to judge God's people will themselves be judged. Verse 20 declares the power and authority of God ruling on his throne, regardless of what is going on in this world. God is on his throne. He rules. He is sovereign. Verse 20 commands the earth to keep silence before him. Listen, we must understand that we are before the presence of God wherever we are on this earth. We must practice the presence of God. We must reverence God. We must trust God. We must listen to him by being silent in his presence at times. We must be molded by him. We must sometimes even be chastised by him. We must have that settled peace that enables us to be still and silent even in the face of difficulty. And even when people purport to speak for God and speak falsely, God is still in his holy temple and will quiet the mouth of the heathen. This 20th verse echoes Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Listen, it's important to practice what is known as the ministry of silence, the ministry of silence. Uh, Spend time in silence before the Lord. Don't talk all the time. Don't allow people to force you to talk all the time. Spend time in silence before the Lord so that you can hear the Lord speaking to your spirit. For sometimes the Lord will speak in a still small voice. See 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 11 through 13. And your perception of that voice will catapult you into your life's destiny. It will spring you to a new spiritual height. Ironically, we find that being silent often allows you to speak to the world more loudly. Let's move to our next uh, highlight, uh, the third chapter. We're going to read verses 1 through 3, verse 6, verse 10 through 11, and verse 17 through 19. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shigianoth. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and startled the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills bowed. His ways are everlasting. The mountains saw you and trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered its voice and lifted its hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of your arrows they went, at the shining of your glittering spear. Verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high hills. 
So here we see the prayer of Habakkuk. He speaks of the presence and power of God. Verse three is not describing the origin of God, but God coming to reveal his power. See also Deuteronomy chapter 33, verses two through four. Verses six through 10 show the power of God over the earth and nations and the sun. Listen, Mountains are considered strong, unmovable, and foundational, and yet God can scatter them. Sometimes God has to scatter things that seem unmovable and foundational uh, that we might see him uh, as the only true and lasting foundation, Psalm 46, verse 6. Sometimes even evil and wickedness can become hardened like concrete in the foundations of our societies and our laws, but God is able to break up and scatter evil and wickedness. Verses 7 through 19 allow us to see that in light of God's power and strength, we must trust in him, even during times of difficulty, we must rejoice not in the things of this world, but in the Lord. Listen, the key to joy, peace, and faith is to not make your focus the problems of the world or the negativity from haters, uh, but to focus on the God who transcends it all and rules over it all. Set your affections on things that are above. That's Colossians chapter 3. Verse 19 speaks of God as our strength. Listen, Make the Lord your strength and you will walk to your divinely appointed high places in life. The King James Version says the high hills. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, 4 through 5. So is there a destiny, a goal, a vision, a task that is so much greater than your ability? Well, make the Lord your strength and he will allow you to ascend to those high places to those high hills. And so we've seen in this book that the response to the problem of evil uh, or our theodicy, uh, that is the defense of God's goodness in view of the existence of evil, involves an understanding of the sovereignty of God, the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, uh, the justice of God, a faith in the goodness of God, uh, the limited knowledge of understanding and authority of man, uh, rejoicing in God, focusing on God, and trusting in God's strength. Listen, we may not understand everything there is to understand on this side of glory, uh, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 9 through 10 says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Uh, but until that time comes when partial knowledge shall be done away with, we will walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Let's pray. Father, we confess uh, that it's difficult uh, to see evil in this world and to see pain and suffering in this world. Uh, we pray uh, that you would Help us to first and foremost see you, to see your power, to see your sovereignty, uh, to see your glory, uh, that our eyes may be opened uh, to see your hand at work, even in the midst of trying times. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.